Make it. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there Helen Money with her cover of the Minutemen's political song for Michael Jackson to sing. Today on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with, from Toronto, Ontario, KO, Co, and also maybe an interview with Feist. But right off the bat, I wanted to remind the listeners of CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, we really appreciate all your donations that you've given to CITR these past couple weeks for the fund drive. It's over now, and we've reached pretty much our goal. Like, we're at $23,490.87. Amazing. When we tally everything up through the website, it'll probably push it over the top. Thank you so much. Now, if you're all... Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, that sounds condescending. No, it isn't. No, thank you very much for giving your donations because it allows you the opportunity to come into CITR and become a member of CITR and do your own radio show. And anybody can do their own radio show. It's $20 to join for UBC students, 35 for non-students. It may have gone up a tiny little bit, but still, very reasonable. You can come in and do your own radio show. You might also wonder about doing rock and roll. Well, doing rock and roll is similar. And You Think Magazine, that's You Think Dot CA is putting on BC's best teen band contest. They're putting on this big contest, you think dot CA is, so you can enter in a contest and win a whole bunch of great things. But one really nice thing that's associated with it is they actually got these neat seminars that are happening at Tom Lee Music. The Tom Lee Music City Stage, that's tomorrow at 929 Granville Street at
2 p.m. for people that are interested at youthink.ca. You're entering this teen band contest. You can actually learn how to write songs as a band or how to make your band sound great. These are interesting little things to go. If nothing else, you can go in there and look, look at all the different equipment. But again, if you're interested, BC's best teen band contest, youthink.ca. For more information, and tomorrow Saturday at Tom Lee at 2 p.m., how to write songs in a band, and at 3 p.m., how to make your band sound great. Not just for teens, for everybody, and these are free things put on by youthink.ca. And now, in the studio, joining us right now is, uh, could you please move close to the mic there? Who are you? Co. K to the O. <clears throat> Please tell the people, who are you, Cole? Uh, Cole from Toronto, just out here doing some shows with uh, Daniel Wesley and O'Scarlet and uh, trying to spread the word about the Co-Nation and... Uh here with Nardwar doing the thing today at UBC. You're at the University of British Columbia. That's correct. You love the universities, don't you? I love, for someone who never graduated high school, I've sure been to a lot of them, that's for sure. Concordia Orientation. What was that all about? Uh, I saw you doing something at Concordia. That was for Snoop Dogg, opening for Snoop at Concordia. Was it at Con- oh, Snoop was yeah. at Concordia? Snoop was at Concordia, yeah. What was that like? University. You love the universities. Well, well certainly Because when you walk in down. a room, everybody says, okay, Co, let's get small, yeah. right? You want to get small right off the bat. Right? Let's get blazed. Let's get, because that's, that's the name of your CD. Let's Let, get blazed. Yeah. Let's, but let's get small. Let's get small. Right? Plus, you also played in Tofino. You played in yep. Tofino. Yeah. The Tofino Le- like, you know, these are like Vancouver connections. Well, BC connections. The Tofino Legion. How did your gig go with Daniel Wesley the other night? You played with Daniel Wesley. You're playing a gig coming up with Swollen Members. You haven't played with them before, have you? No, I have. I've done a whole bunch of shows with them in Alberta and Winnipeg and, yeah. Oh, can you explain what you do, Co? Well, have you do a song for the listeners out there, but can you explain what you do? Because I'm asking about what you do. What are you, Co? What it's, are you? It's hip-hop, it's reggae, it's rock, it's everything mixed together, and uh, I play the acoustic guitar with backing tracks and just try to make good blazes. And people want to kill you because you play an acoustic guitar sometimes, well, don't they? I mean, I just got to get a little harder when I'm doing the Swollen Members shows, you know? I can't be playing a song called I Miss You, that's for certain, you know? I got to play the harder stuff on the record. Yeah, so you so. get up there with an acoustic guitar, and what sort of reactions you get from the people? People are like, what the fuck is this guy doing up there, you know? Like, are you serious, you know? And then, but the lyrical content, I'm playing an acoustic guitar song about smoking crack and the negative effects of crack. So I'm not talking about... And which fits just quite well in with the Swollen Members. Well, audience, oh, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And that's some gigs you did with the Swollen members. You're going to be playing some more gigs with the Swollen members. What about other gigs that you've played? I noticed, Co, and you're also playing tonight in tonight, Vancouver, British in Columbia, Vancouver. Canada. Opening at the Commodore opening Ballroom. Opening at the Commodore Ballroom. Was there any, difference, Scarlet, opening for, was there any difference opening Daniel for Daniel Wesley. Wesley? Was that easier than the Swollen members? Different crowd. You're but the people still hate the acoustic guitar. No, no, no. I think they, come on. They still hate the not, acoustic guitar. Not, not so much the, at the Daniel Wesley show. No one's going to come up and say that. But when I'm on stage at the Swollen Members show, people are like, what the fuck is that? They'll let you know right there. They've had enough pints. They're ready to rock and roll. They're going to say what's on their mind, you know? So That's tonight you're playing at the Commodore Ballroom. Commodore Ballroom. I also noticed a lot of also noticing with Co. You played the Sandman Hotel in Vancouver in August. Did you play the Sandman Hotel? Have you done many hotel gigs? See, now I don't... See, I feel like that was uh, at the Shark Club in the Sandman Hotel. It wasn't like... In the lobby or anything. I just like the idea that you're playing the Sandman Hotel. That sounds really good. I'll play any show anywhere, anytime. That's It was like officially billed as you playing the Sandman Hotel. I love that. That's a good look. 
also, you have a lot of shout-outs to Lupo the Butcher. You mentioned, you mentioned Lu- Lupo the Butcher. Uh, he's a friend of mine, a rapper from oh. Toronto. Oh, I thought you meant maybe the cartoon Lupo the no, Butcher. No, Because that's from Vancouver, British Columbia, is, is, I didn't even know. That yes, from a... Vancouver. No, I didn't know So that. I thought you were shouting out you're representing Vancouver no. by thanking Lupo the Butcher. No, no, but I, mad love for Vancouver. Love the energy out here. It's just... All of British Columbia. And you are KO, KO. Co, KO. Co, KO, Co from Toronto, Ontario, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CATR. If you have any questions for KO, live here on an Ardwell Radio Show, you signed with Atlantic Records in 2006. Yep. How did you get that deal? Atlantic Records USA. Yeah, it was uh, strange being 19 down in the States. Uh my management, who was uh, working with Amanda Marshall, Jeff Healy, he just, you know, found my music really interesting and knew that the American How did he find you? Let's would. get to the management. How did you get the management? I find it's interesting. Like, my management. A lot of bands don't have management. My, uh, you don't need a manager until you need a manager. My, How did you get the manager? My uh, family friends introduced me to my manager. And when I first met him, he was like, oh, go back to high school. I mean, go back to the books, man. You're never going to be anything. And that only fueled me more. I was like... So he did a good job by doing that. Oh, he pissed me. It just made me... I was like, what does that old guy know? Nothing, man. I'm only going to work harder. Let's name names. Who uh, was that? Tom Stevens. I love him, though. He's my dog. So, I mean, now it's all love. But, I mean, basically, I was just like, fuck you. You can't tell me nothing. I mean, and, and then I came back six months later, re-recorded everything. And I was like, this is what I'm actually capable of doing. You know, and the single off my the new record's capable. No pun intended. So your manager took it to Atlantic. Took it to Atlantic. Yeah. And how long were the negotiations? Like Atlantic Records, you actually go to New York City and sign a deal, like right there. I remember being nineteen, bombed in Times Square, being like, "This is surreal." You know, like this is. So when you get a deal, what do you get? Do you get cash? I got some cash. Yeah, I got some. cash. Do you get some good dinners? Where were you taking? I got some retarded dinner. Yeah, but back then it was going out to the. uh, where I'm getting offered a $60 steak, but I'm like, just put four beers on my plate. I'll be good, you know? So you were stupid not to stupid, take the steak. Stupid. Or at least take the steak and then I'd, freeze it for I'd, now. Because yeah. <laughs> those things don't happen anymore, do you, with the record industry? It's gone downhill. I should have definitely ordered the steak to go, yeah. <laughs> Who did they promise you could work with? Because they must make a lot of promises. Because you eventually worked <clears throat> with Kevin Kadish. Kevin yeah, Kadish. Yeah. And he did stuff with Willie Nelson. Yeah, Kevin Kadish. Like, you worked with the guy that worked mm. with Willie Nelson. Yeah. And I mean, I worked from. What are you like, Ko? Here Kevin you are. in Nashville. I worked with. Uh, well, you worked with Ron Allen on your new yep, record, yep. and he's worked with Usher. Yeah, Ron's. That's my. That's my good Did friend. Did he actually work he's, with Usher in the same room? Ron's been there since the beginning for me. Yeah, I, as far as I know, yeah, him and Usher worked in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you produce it's stuff, and Usher in, may not yeah. be. Yeah, I, yeah. Have you phoned in it? You, yeah. Actually, you dial yeah. it in every night, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Ba boom. No, yeah. not quite. That doesn't happen there. So you're in New York City. Yeah. You're signed to Atlantic Records. Two 2006. What sort of offers did you get of well, stuff? Did you get any like promises or anything? I can tell you that day, I remember getting picked up at the hotel to go meet Craig Kilman, Julie Ringwald, and I was wearing like dirty ass crap that I had always had been wearing. I mean, I was just getting out of being homeless in Toronto, and um, I uh, was going in to meet them, and after they... They played the guitar for them a couple songs, and they were like, yeah, it's really nice to meet you. Who else, who else have they signed? Have they signed other big bands? Oh, I mean, that's like Gnarls Barkley, uh, T.I., the list goes on and on. And you're going on. with and your little acoustic guitar into going, a little yeah. office, the, the and, biggest and, and, day of your life. And walking by, when you first walk into the Atlantic Records head office, it's on Avenue of America, downtown Manhattan, 27th story. You go in, there is a huge poster, right? And it's got Led Zeppelin standing in front of an airplane that says Led Zeppelin Atlantic Records on it. I mean, that's not something a little daunting. Like, these guys owned an airplane, you know? Like, 
So, I mean, I just went in and played a couple songs, and they said, uh, yeah, we just want to speak to your manager for a minute. Sat in the lobby, had a smoke. And then they came back and they said, we want to take you in a room. And the room had thousands of CDs. And they're going to say tons and tons of cocaine. No, 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 no. They just said, go crazy, man. If there's anything you like. And I left with a duffel bag full of CDs. Caller, (laughs) are you there? Yeah. Go ahead to KO. Hey, KO. How's How's it going? going? Good, man. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm a a local musician myself. I just formerly live in Toronto and play in a band there. uh, What's your name, man? my, My name's Doug. Doug, what's happening? Uh, well, I was just listening, and I'm phoning in to, to talk about something we're doing tomorrow night. But I, I wanted to ask you a question, sure. And and, and don't take it as, a, as an assault or anything. But uh-huh. KO being in Toronto, do you ever get the chaos thing popped at you a lot? All, like, all the time, like, all and, the time. And, and, and what do you say? Like, what is your answer? Like, well, my birth name's Constantine, and people well, have go. been calling me Co forever. It's not like uh, I didn't make it a stage name. It's just been my name. So, um, as well, that's pretty cool. It, it happens. I mean, you, you, but, I mean you're going to get that, I guess. Eh? Yeah. But Actors, me and him together, we look completely different. So. And Caller, Chaos lives in Vancouver now, doesn't he, Caller? He, he does, and he used to DJ uh, a night in Toronto back when I played in a punk rock band that was kind of like the Clash, sort of. And he would come down and check us out and all sorts of stuff. And it sounds like you too, Co. you like, like all sorts of music. All over the map, man. Uh, what I was wondering, though, perhaps, and maybe you're wondering this too, caller, is did Chaos move out of Toronto because there's only room for one KO? Holla. That's what I was thinking. The KO from KO. <laughs> the KO from the T dot. Yeah, because Chaos now lives here. So you drove him out. Of, did you drive Chaos out of town, KO? Not willingly, but I mean, if it happened, I'm sorry, Doc. You didn't pull up to the Cadillac and say, listen, listen, Kev, we got to get out of here. I pulled up on the uh, TTC streetcar, man. That's how I'm rolling. <laughs> And caller, you were mentioning off the air about yeah. the Jay Beal benefit that's coming. What can you tell the people about that, Doug? Yeah, if you don't mind, real quick, uh, we're throwing a benefit. Our friend Jay Beal, his uh, gal Chantel, and their young baby Chet uh, were the victims of a house fire uh, a couple weeks ago, and they lost everything. They they got out with the dog, the cat, the baby stroller, the baby, and that's about it. So we've uh, we've had one benefit for him, a, a quickie, and we're having one t- uh, tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater. Uh, $10 gets you the transmitters, manipulators, Jolts, Belladines, Captain Dust, Urban Gorilla, Motorama, Mr. Plow, and Punk Rock Legends, Rude North. And uh, 8 p.m. for the doors, uh, Mr. Plow, he's going on at 8.30. We've got tons of prizes, local artists, uh, High Brain Eater, Nicole Steen, Bob Scott, uh, people have really come up for this and, and really helped out. we got a big venue, and we want to rock it tomorrow night for the Beals. And Jay lost everything, didn't he? He lost everything. He has they nothing. They lost everything. He lost all his music. They lost all their baby stuff. They lost the clothes. They just got out with the clothes on their backs. And they have it's, no it's, way, really, of generating any money at this point. And this is where local musicians have stepped in and are upping the ante right. and hoping people to do something and come out to the rickshaw tomorrow night, right? Well, grassroots, man, and you know what? I'll tell you something. Jay Beal is a fine man. He plays, he sings in the in, in the Zip Guns, and he's a he does custom upholstery uh, for custom hot rods, and, and he's a, he's a good guy. And you know, good things happen to good people, is what I always say. You know, things can be crappy, and and you can be down, but you know, this is a, a prime example of people rallying for a good cause and throwing a really great show with a lot of really excellent bands. Ten bucks. I mean, these are all headline caliber bands. What are the bands again? Lastly here, Doug, because it sounds like an amazing lineup. At the rickshaw, what time tomorrow night? Uh, doors are at 8, and in order, at 8.30, Mr. Plow, Motorama, Captain Dust, 
the Belladines, the Manipulators, Urban Gorilla, Rude Norton, the Jolts, and closing the night would be the Transmitters. It's a long lineup. Good night. <laughs> Who's Urban Gorilla? Is that something to do with Wimpy? Because it's playing right before. Well, that's, what, that's sort of why I did it that way. But Urban Gorilla is members of the Spitfires, uh, Red Hot Lovers, and the Excessives. It's another sort of super group. That's tomorrow night at the rickshaw, which you've hung out at quite a bit, haven't you, Doug? I've been there. It's a good venue. You know, you got 700 people. Uh, you know, we could probably fit 1,000 in there if you're not trying to piss people off. But 700 people, it's a good-sized party, nice big stage. Uh, and like I said, we're going to have lots of art auctions, 50s. It's going to be a fun night. Ten bucks gets you in. And the other thing, too, is if you're going to the Vicious Cycle Show uh, at, uh, at the El Dorado and you want to come down and check out our show, too, uh, we will work out a reduced admission for you, whatever you can, because every penny counts at this point. So that's tomorrow night at the rickshaw on yes. Hastings Street. Benefit say, for JBL. Are you in town tomorrow night, Co? Yeah, I got a show tomorrow night, though. What would... time's your show over? Um... I'll probably be there all night, man. Fuck. I'd love to come okay. down. Okay, well, I was just going to say you could come down, no problem, if you want. I feel to. like, I feel like telling people to come out and support this is a great cause. I really do. Really Thank do. you very much. Yep. Hey, if you want to shout us out, that's great. Uh, you know, Jim Cummins has got a, an art show tomorrow night. He's going to shout us out. We're working with the Vicious Cycles. They have a show, and we want to make sure their show is well attended, too. But, you know, it's just a sense of community that you don't see often. It's unfortunate that you got to have something really terrible happen before people To bring people together, yeah. And it's yeah. also at the Great Rickshaw Theater, where I saw you the last time there, Doug, being chaperone for a thousand screaming teenagers. Oh, God, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be chaperoned tomorrow night by a couple of really super hot-looking burlesque girls. All right, well, thanks so much for phoning in with the update there, Doug. Really thanks, appreciate Cole. that. Thanks, Nard. We're sorry to interrupt. And Take care. Doot, doot, loot, do. Doot, doot. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we're here with K.O. Co. Live here on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette yeah, yeah. Radio Show. 822-247-UBC-CITR. So you signed to Atlantic Records in 2006. You were just saying, as Doug there phoned in, you did the edition and then you left. And then what happened then? Because it's been a few years since your record um, has come out. Then it was re-recording more songs, flying me out to Nashville to work with Kevin and flying me to L.A. with... Uh, to work with Michael, who is um, Kid Rock's bass player, and I mean, I just, just basically kind of trying to make me a more well-rounded musician, you know, to not be shocked by flying around the country and going this place and that place. So, has the record been released in the states nope, yet? Just Canada. Do you think it will be? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I, I think it just started off as like, uh, see how it goes in the home turf, and then push it down south so so you did some touring with the swollen members you're doing some touring with the swollen members mad child lived in san francisco for a while you lived in san francisco and oakland for a while did you see any rap down there in san francisco when you were there homeless in san francisco i don't know i didn't really see people always ask me what do you think about san francisco i have no idea i sleep under bridges and like i don't remember it being beautiful in any way, shape, or did form. Did people know that you were Canadian? Like, when you were buying drugs in San Francisco, did anybody no. know that you were Canadian? Nobody knew. Nobody knew nobody you were Canadian. Knew, nobody you cared. had no Canadian tendencies no. at all. No. But you did participate in... My a- money was just as green as everybody else's, you know, that's for sure. So I love this quote here from a gig that you did with the band Mobile yeah. at Fanshawe College, KO. Do you remember Fanshawe oh, that, College? Yeah. Uh. 
And this is from the Intoro Bang newspaper. Ko's lyrical content was also questionable at some points, especially when it literally sounded like every third word in his last song was... Represent. Represent. Well, because every third word in the song is represent. Ultimately, (laughs) though, the crowd seemed responsive to his music. And despite the fact that he might be better built on a hip-hop concert, he provided an entertaining start to the night. Uh, But you have played hip-hop gigs. Did you play with Arrested Development in New York? Arrested Development in New York. Crazy night. What happened there? Where was that? Uh, I was at the Highland Ballroom, downtown Manhattan, and it was... It must have been packed. You know what? I thought it was going to be more packed. I mean, I went to see The Roots play the same night, or uh, the same time I was in New York to see those shows. No, I wasn't opening for The Roots, but they had great following come out, and just great vibes, man. Great people. The backstage had the best food I've ever seen, ever. It was like oxtail and beans and rice. And and you had a good response there? Yeah, most definitely. Better response than when you played with Protest the Hero. Yeah. Because I noticed when you played with Protest the Hero, a commenter, Wozy does said, mad haters at that show. But I love the sound. People really hated you there. Well, I'm not not good with the whole kind of Protest the Hero. I mean, I, I like their style. I mean, I just work better in my personal opinion with hip-hop, kind of ganja music, you know, stuff like that for sure. So Okay, let's get small. You got one for us right now here, don't you, Co? You, you brought in your trusty king? acoustic here. Represent. Time to represent. But you have one you'd like to do yeah, for yeah. us. Yeah, I'd like to... The Sneakers in Jamaica. What's that about? The Sneakers in Jamaica. You you got the record label to bring you down to Jamaica, too? Did you go down to Jamaica? Yeah, I went down to Jamaica a bunch did, of times. Did yeah. the record label help finance that? Um... I believe so. I don't know if I should be saying that on the radio, but yeah, they flew my ass down to Jamaica. That's great. <laughs> so, paid to paid to film some videos and uh, just kind of like me playing on beaches and stuff like that. It was great, man. So, what tune would you like to do for us now, right now? Would, Mustang Sally. That's gonna be it. No, <laughs> you love Mustang Sally, don't you? Actually, you know what? You Mustang, grew up listening yeah, to those tunes. Uh, yeah, my uh, shout, was, shout, and Mustang Sally. You know, Represent. I love it. Now I did the research. That's spectacular. Yeah, that was like a family. Yeah, man. So here we have Shout and Mustang Sound by Cole. <laughs> Live here on CITR, and you're playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. Yeah. I'm going to play Capable. Okay, go ahead. What's the background on this song? Uh, this is about an ex-girlfriend of mine who uh, loved Twist and Shout and loved Mustang Sally. Uh, no, it's about an ex-girlfriend of mine who had a problem with cocaine and... This song I wrote, didn't I didn't write for her to listen to, but I wrote because of it. So it's just about the events that happened and how she pulled her life together. And she's ill now. Everything's great. So stay away from the coke, I guess, right? Baby got a little problem with the drugs, man. And then I tried to stop her well, but she loves that. More can't do nothing else. That's one man. I know she keeps some bleeding, but it's money, but it's nothing. And then I won't forget when, when she said. So that it burns all night And 
I pass around that Philly so, so, so we can all get high. You see, I, I never knew, not love, I never had a clue that love. She was capable of love and the world, she was capable of love. So let it lay around your air, love, so let it burn down night. And then pass around that Philly so, so, so we can all get high. Yeah. Baby, keep on thinking well She gonna hurt herself and Baby keeps on drinking Cause she lost all her wealth And yes, she loved that liquor She wanna have my kids And this ain't my problem But Lord, be Jesus says it is a letter And then I won't forget when When she said And I pass around that Philly so, so, so we can all get high. You see, I, I never knew, now love, I never had a clue that love, you were capable of love, love, she was capable of love, and well, so the killing around your ear, oh, so let it burn down night. And then pass around that Philly so, so, so we can all get high. I'm so glad you found me. Her strong point was never loyalty She never done shit for me And I'd leave for it And now she's just another story When family passed round at 40 And she said she's so sorry Well, I, I, I'm leave her daddy So I, I lick a lick around this hell I'll sit there to find out now Then I pass round that Philly so, so So we can all get high See, I, I never knew, I never had a clue to love She was capable of love, love, she was capable of love And well, so lick a lick around your ear, oh, so that it burns all night Yeah, and then pass around that belly so, so, so we can all get high Oh, live on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Nardwater, Human Survey Radio Show, 604-822-247, UBC, CITR. If you have any questions for Cole, who is playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom, do you oftentimes have beats to that song? Oh, How yeah. much do you have beats to that? You know, for the hip-hop heads that were listening to that, you've brought your acoustic guitar in yeah. here, which actually Chaos has too, doesn't he? Or I guess so, does uh... he have an acoustic guitar? I think there was a beef a long time ago where Cardinal Official, you know, Cardinal yeah, Official, Cardi, yeah. I think he might have broken an acoustic guitar guitar on stage symbolizing a beef with chaos get it like breaking an acoustic have you broken an acoustic on stage i would never break an acoustic it would hurt me to do it it would really hurt me to break what's the closest you've had to something breaking on stage strings breaking laptop malfunction beat malfunction so in the middle of a song where there should be a beep there just isn't and uh, then it just kicks back in but uh, show must go on so just, I just keep rolling. Don't let anything slow me down on stage. You know? You're so. on Castle Hill Records. Who yep. else is on Castle Hill? What is just Castle me. Hill? Just me. It's my management's uh, company. So. so number one. Number one. You're number one. Yep. And I guess number one and you're number one and also number 
zero. Yeah, or like you're, you're the first and you're the last. last. Yeah. Mm, interesting. And you were KO here. Live here on CITR. Let's Blaze is the name of the brand new CD. Let's Blaze. <coughs> and Let's Blaze. This when, is, right now? This is, let's, let's get small. <laughs> no, let's do it, man. Let's uh, do let, it. Uh, KO from Toronto. Let's Blaze. There's a story there. You were on a boat. Then you bumped into another random boat, and it was a buddy, and then you floated off. I like this story. He, it was someone who I'd met in rehab. I went to a bunch of different rehabs in the States when I was younger, and it was someone who I'd met in one of those facilities. And randomly, northern Ontario, floating around on a boat, this other boat's coming by, and we're all, me and two of my buddies are sitting in the, in the boat smoking joint. What up, Carrie? What up, Brian? How you doing, buddies? We're sitting out in a boat smoking joints, and this other boat just floated up. And I guess they could see we were smoking joints. And he was just like, yo, Co? And I was like, Ryan, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, is there any way you can shop me a 20 bag of weed? I was like, yes, I can. I can't believe you're here. And uh, that's why one of the lines is like, we can shop him that 20 because I know that he fiends that. And it was just like the whole, and I had my guitar in the boat. And after that, I just sat in the boat and wrote the song so i love that where was it exactly if people want to recreate muskoka that? port carling muskoka on a, what is it a lake or something it's a lake or, yeah and port carling is a town it's uh north of barry uh what type of boat was it, it was like a just rubber a, boat? like a like an open top whaler kind of a thing you know it's just like and that became the root of let's play that became the root of let's plays yeah who is allison fear Allison, that's a that's a good friend of mine. Why? It's a strange question. But I'm just curious. Who is Al- What does Allison fear have to do with the Ko Nation? Um, she was my buddy's ex girlfriend, and uh, she just supported me during during this. Yeah. What's she doing now? I don't know. I haven't seen her in years. Well, that's correct. I'm gonna have you to find out okay. because she's gonna. I'm gonna tell her she was on. I talked about her on the radio today. You were interviewed by the Naked News. Yes. But it wasn't really the Naked News, so. No, it wasn't Naked News. But it was a strange episode of the Naked News, doesn't it? Uh, you know what? I actually have never seen the episode of that well, Naked what, News. The, the, you getting interviewed by the Naked News, the Naked News is usually all naked, but they kind of had like a jacket on. It was a rainy... It was kind of like the flash yeah, of Naked yeah. News. It was a weird sort of Naked News one, wasn't it? It, it was a really rainy, crappy day that day. I, that was the marijuana march, and I think I was seven. I'm not sure. I think it was 07 or 08 maybe, but I was just about to get on stage and the sound guy was like, you can go and perform, but if you get electrocuted, it's not our fault. And I'm looking around at the sound guy, hippied out guy. I'm like, if he set up the electrical and it's pouring rain, I'm probably not going out there to uh, start playing around out there. So, yeah, no, I actually haven't seen that episode of the Naked News. Yeah, it's Flasher News. Well, you know, the reason I mention is because, like, here is your big chance to get on the Naked News, and the Naked Newscaster isn't really na- kind of like half naked. It, yeah. it, it did, if you didn't know it was the Naked News, you'd be like, oh, is, what's going on here exactly? Have you had that before? Like, the disappointment. I mean, you're going to be on the Naked News. Yeah, and like, like I said, I haven't seen it. So, I mean, I would love to find out. Would you see it on the internet? or It's out there. It's out there. Co-Nation. When there's a will, there's a way. And people can find this stuff at Co-Nation. K-O-Nation? K-O-Nation.com. K-O-Nation.com. And also, K-O, you have a review here from Exclaim Magazine. And it reads as follows. Exclaim. Things got off to an interesting start with a rough-edged performance from local rapper turned singer-songwriter Co, who offered up... Everlast-styled blend of acoustic melodies, folk, and also built up by a sturdy hip-hop backing tracks. Despite appearing in serious need of a stool 
to plant him firmly in one place on a stage during his solitary showing. What was that from? Well, where, where is that from? Exclaim Magazine. I love that review. In need of a serious stool sample. If I was the first guy of the night, I was probably just getting people hype. You know, I like to run around the stage and let's do it, you know? Rough edge sounds good, though. You want a rough oh, edge. Oh, I'm rough. There's no doubt about that. And, like, how dare they mention stools to you? Because I mentioned stool samples. You probably have had stool samples because you've, you've had drug tests, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Have God. you had to give stool samples stool, for drug tests? Stool, urine, oh, yeah, all that. All that. And this was at boot camps in Utah. This was even before. This was just after I got arrested. I did. Uh, had to do urine samples. And, and stool? Have you had to do stool I had to samples? do stool, yeah, and hair follicle, man. I had to do it all. And this was when you were in Utah and all sorts of different places. How many different rehabs have you been to? Three different ones. One in Utah, one in Massachusetts, and one in California. And I ain't never going back. I'm much better now. I don't fuck with chems. I don't... I hardly ever drink, man. I just smoke my weed and chill. Well, I know about these places because they're on the CD. There's some phone messages. Are those real phone messages or did you have to recreate them? Real phone messages. Were you worried about getting uh, sued or anything like that? That's a rehab counselor from Utah. I got the approval from him to use them, so... So how did you approach him? I'd love to hear your pitch I just said, for that. I put out a CD, and it's about what happened to me, and it's my life story, kind of. I would love to use this message. He was like, can you send it to me? I sent it to him. He was like, go for it. I took his name out. It says, hi, I'm Matt. And it's like I changed it, so you can't know who he is. But. And he's telling stories of like, yes, to calm down Co. we took away his notebook. Yeah. Doesn't that think it would make you more angry to oh, take dude. away the mo- notebook? Man, don't mess with an artist and his paper and writing, man. Come on. So you get cut. And, and then you ran away with no socks or shoes. Yeah. And then you found some socks eventually. Well, I made, Where'd like, you find the socks? Well, it, What happened the, there? What's the, the backstory for like, that? Like, kind of like a, a boot camp where you'd hike around in these big aimless circles just to like break you down and be like you're not going anywhere there was no and my running away was pointless i just ran five miles into nothing it was in the middle of a desert right so i didn't get anywhere just got caught and then in more trouble but i there was a sleeping kind of a mat that you would roll up and hike with and i ripped the top of the sleeping mat off and then ripped about foot-sized portions and stuffed them into my socks because they put you on run rotch. They take your boots. They like so you, if they worried you're about to run, they take your boots. They take like your belt, all this crap, right? So I made these shoes and then just took off. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. How long did the shoes last? Fine. They were great. The, eh? the, all the staff were like, man, we can't believe your feet are fine. Everyone when they run with no shoes, they come back. They are not looking so good, you know. Like perfect. And did you really just run? Just ran. Were you worried at all that you something might happen? Well, I mean, I, after I'd been gone for about two hours, I was like it's a little a desert. off. Yeah, kind of, like were we thinking where you might run to? It was all kind of like you know sagebrush. It's like a small kind of b- bush, and it's all that there was out there. And I was walking about twenty feet off the off the trail and off the path. So if a car would come, I would hear it. And after about two hours of walking, like seven cars flew by. So I knew they were looking for me. They just didn't know where I was. And then. The story is actually pretty decent if you want to hear it. I mean, and, okay. uh, and uh, as we were, uh, I mean, as we, as I was like running away, eventually one of the cars, I must, it must have seen me. I was wearing the, the clothes they gave you were kind of like prison issue, bright orange, bright pink. So if you were to run away, you'd be easy to spot in the desert. And I was wearing this bright red shirt and the truck stopped below me on uh, 20 feet away from me on this hill. And uh, as it stopped, I was like, I'm caught. I got down. I started hiking, kind of like crawling, army crawling. And then another truck pulled up, but this truck had a had a hatch on it with a horse kind of like that you carry a horse in. And I see the two guys talking from truck to truck. They open the back of the, the hatch. 
out comes a horse. This guy jumps on his horse, and then two guys come up on either side of the horse, and I'm hiding in the mountainside, you know? And they're just like, you're caught. We're coming up. A dog and a guy and a horse rush up the hill towards me. And I just start running, running, running as fast as I can run. That's still Planet of the Apes. Oh, man. And then the, the guy's like, I, the dog's crazy looking, foaming at its mouth. He's like, if you don't stop running, the guy on the horse, he's right beside me. I'm going to tell the dog. I'm just going to tell him to get you. Down, hands on my back. Strip searched out in the desert. Sweet times. Yeah, man. Had they done this before? Like, they had this down to a T? Oh, they, yeah, this was not their first. Yeah. So you were captured back in, what, did you have to go back? You didn't uh, have a mat to sleep on. What about your punishment. mat? Well, then what they do is two staff members, they wrap a tarp around you, like a, like a human burrito. And they wrap it around you, and you're in the sleeping bag. Some people would pay for that. It's kinky, yeah. And then they, one person sleeps on one side of the matting, and the other person sleeps on the other side, so you cannot get out. You cannot move. It's like a little cocoon you've been strapped into. And that's the, what happened? That's what happened, yeah. And I was on that for two weeks or something, that punishment. And you were in this boot camp, just for people that don't know, again, we're speaking here to Ko, K-O, from Toronto, who's playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. It's because you had indulged in some substances mm-hmm. that you were sent to this boot camp. What exactly had you indulged in? Uh, everything from coke to meth to weed to mushrooms, you name it. It was... Uh, Whatever type of cocktail I could mix up that day for sure. So. And the people running the boot camp had the experience. In the oh, they were thing? they were rough guys too. That they were turning their lives around for sure. So. Did yeah. they have fun capturing you? Like, was it sort of fun? Like, come on. I'm sure in some sick, twisted way. Some of them were not nice, you know. But some of them were like, just people who were like, "I've been where you've been, man. You know, you're not going to get anywhere by doing what you're doing." You know, and that's I like to think kind of where I am right now, at least. And then you go all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland to play yeah. with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Did you go to Newfoundland yeah. to play with Snoop Dogg? Amazing. Did you meet Beardo and Mackie? Do you know the guys Beardo and Mackie? No, I don't. Some guys hang on with Snoop. Did you meet Snoop's crew at all? In, Snoop was so in and out at the events. Like, he was come to do his show and then leave. And I was there. I'd do my own setup. I have to do my, all my own stuff. I'm a much... Smaller time guy than Snoop, right? So it's so it's you and acoustic guitar and, and Snoop. Yeah, and Snoop uh, flying private jet to private jet. I'm taking the six a.m. flights because they're cheap. You know, like. Are you ready for another review? This sure, is Ko in Newfoundland. Second to the stage, Ko sort of sounded like Nickelback was kicking raps. There was some debate as to what his name was. Several people nicknamed him. Get the hell off the stage. <laughs> Both Snoop played live music and KO over pre-recorded beats. And with KO, it was evident when he wasn't playing along, as my guitarist friend pointed out, his fingers were playing different chords. There were several loud audience eruptions for Snoop during his set. That's spectacular. I like how someone sitting down there is telling me I'm not playing the guitar. It's hot. It's all hot. So you had a backing track at that point. And what's I, on the backing track? I love a backing track? track tonight, too. It's just like my, uh, the beats and everything to make it louder and bigger and better, man. It's funny that these people go to a rap concert and they don't expect any backing tracks. tracks. I guess because Snoop had his full band, Well, right? I like how he has to ask his expert opinion friend. Well, this is a great review, though. You <laughs> sort of sounded like Nickelback kicking raps. That's almost a great sort of selling point. Yeah, it's hot. K.O., what do you sound like? Nickelback kicking raps. I don't think I've ever heard anything that could be ever compared to that. And it rhymes quite nicely, too. <laughs> All the way to the Toronto Beer Festival. Oh, good times. What happened there? The Toronto Beer Festival. All you can drink. <laughs> How many fe- 
festivals do you play? You seem to do quite a bit at the festivals. Um, more and more. I mean, I'm picking picking them up every year. But um, right now, for sure, I do marijuana marches in Canada, in Toronto, and I do uh, beer fest and. Uh, I did Gananoque this year. That was the first one I did with Snoop, which I think kind of got me the in to do the other one. So it's real sweet. So uh, even though you've played with him a couple times, you never actually met him or met, oh, no, any I met of his him. posse? I met him. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for letting me do these shows very quick and abrupt. And he's like, yeah, I'm gone. You know, in the car. I'm going to watch football. Like, that's what he was. Yeah, he was ill. Like, I was jealous that he could just do that. You know, like, that's uh, like, he's the coolest man for sure. But I got, I mean, I got to chill with Corrupt, who was in his entourage and. Did you show any of them the 60-year-old lighters that you got from your grandfather? <laughs> no, I didn't. I what are know. those 60-year-old lighters you got from your grandfather? Um, my grandpa just took a metal tin, like a, or a mason jar, not a metal tin, that had just all these lighters in it that were crazy. I mean, he had gave me something that was from a ship, a Zippo, that had the ship insignia from a boat, Canadian Navy, that was at the beaches of Normandy. So, I mean, it can only be... And then decommissioned after it went over to Pearl Harbor or something. So this boat was old in that time period for sure. Or, or the, the lighter was from that time period for sure. So, Your whole family's collectors. Like, your mom's involved with the ROM? Yep. yep. The Royal Ontario Museum. Mm -hmm. She's retired now, but... There's lots of neat collectish yeah. type stuff there. What did she work on at the uh, ROM? Anthropology, Native uh, American Studies. So is there some neat stuff around the house? Uh spearheads and all that kind of cool stuff yeah but all replicas though nothing's uh real unless she snuck it out she could have did, did you ever try to steal any of it and pawn it off for oh no way I, th I remember going to the museum when i was a kid it was strictly hands off yeah and co you have another number for us last yeah. week on an Ardwater yeah. human serviette radio show what would you like to do um, represent i was gonna play crack song actually. okay crack cool. uh, some background on crack song please <clears throat> well come from toronto and uh, I'm sure Vancouver, you guys know what's going on with uh, street drug addiction. Of course, you guys know what Hastings is all about. <laughs> um, and it's just about was about a friend of mine who I found out was smoking crack, and I just couldn't believe it initially. I mean, it's like, I, you know, smoking weed, having some drinks. I mean, that was all. Even I'd been to rehab. I couldn't believe that someone would actually go to that level of smoking crack. You know, it's crazy to think. So that's what that's what this is about. Crack Song by K.O. Smells like someone's Where they're cooking up some bullshit in it I guess I'm gonna let them cook up around me, yeah. Cause I know I get to smoke for free, man. Ain't that the policy? And well, I, I want my phone, man. I want my phone, man. I want that phone, man. And well, every puff you take's your mistake, yo. Bones and body on crack and shake. It's like, what's the guy on the corner keep selling you? Keep buying it, I keep telling you. You a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit of my bourbon in your drink Come on What's the guy on the corner keep selling you? Keep buying it I keep telling you You a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit of my Yeah you be see what's good See tonight Oh, oh, oh Smells like some 
ones Well, they're cooking up that bullshit And I, I guess I'm gonna let them cook up around me Thought about school, I put the books back Went in the kitchen, I learned to cook crack A little baking soda, a little charge Land that water and you got your rocks Like, what's the guy on the corner keep selling you? Keep buying it, and I keep telling you you a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit more bourbon in your drink, come on What's the guy on the corner keep selling you? Keep buying it, I keep telling you you a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit more bourbon in your drink And he smoked with a smile on his face Cause he say that he love how it tastes greasy And it's just a waste, believe me You're not in this place, yeah Oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. What's the guy on the corner keep selling you? Keep buying it, I keep telling you you a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit more bourbon in your drink, come on What's the guy on the corner keep telling you? Keep buying it, I keep telling you You a whole lot smarter than you think Put a little bit more, more, yeah Shit And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Erdwater Human Serviette Radio Show. And that was... The Crack Song, Bourbon. By... Co-Captious. And Co, thank you so much for coming out to the Nerdwater Human Serviette radio show had, here today. I had a great time, man. It was awesome. And people can check out Co-Nation. Co-Nation. Co-Nation for all those pictures of you on the Naked News. Yeah. And then coming through with Swollen members, or will you be back to Vancouver? I, You know what? I'm, I know I'll be back soon, but who it's with, uh, I mean, like... It could be from anywhere from Mill Scarlet to one thing, members. But one or... thing is guaranteed, and that is that you'll be saying the word represent, right? Oh, yeah. And right now we're going to play represent, the song that got some people mad you mentioned represent, but I love that you mentioned represent in this song. What's the genesis of this song, represent? Who worked on this one? Um, that's with uh, John Marie Horvitz and Stevie Salas and uh, Mishka from uh, L.A. That was one of my writing trips out there. And it was just really, I was missing home. This is my friends. Represent. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. this. Represent, represent, represent. It's amazing. Well, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Co? Nothing. This. I had a great time today. That's basically it, man. Love Vancouver. Hope to be back real soon. Why should people care about Co? Why should people care? Because I care about people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Co. Keep on rocking in the free world. No, well, thank you so much, man. It was wicked, dude. Do do the loot, do do do.
been doing man. this for years, but now things changed. Say out for me that money, baby. Lord, that money ain't fake. Yesterday, I got this whole bag of bricks. Wanna hold this, darling? That's my shame. You're not so reminisce about games we used to play. Then it's gully, huh? That they love me, huh? They might kiss me, huh? They might hug me, huh? But they snakes, baby, they snakes, baby, they fake, and baby, they fake. She yeah, I represent for my boys on the block. You might hurt yourself. Come on, let's do it. One to one to a killer crook, body a man. Shit, body for a half that round. I said, blaze up, daddy, we get high tonight. We gonna the junkies had to start up this fight. We gonna roll up, we gonna do it proper. Beat ain't a beat without a kick like soccer. A little litty bit of blood red is understood. Little litty bit of blood red is always good. Keep it in the family, keep it in the hood. Doggy, I still got your back. You know it. My boys on the block. Come on, come on. Will I represent? If your khaki stuff in your side. Come on, come on. Will I represent? For my boys on the block. Come on, come on. Will I represent? If your khaki stuff in your side. Will I represent? That's all I got. Yeah. And that's all I got. And no, I From heaven, I, yeah, I'll be back soon. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, come on, throw them loops up, let's yeah, do it. From oh, heaven, I, I'll be back soon. Yeah, I'll miss you, I'll be yeah. back, don't come worry. From heaven, I'll be back, be back soon. Let's do it.
and you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard KO with the track Represent, live on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. Coming up, an interview with Leslie Feist. But before Feist, here is something brand new by Anthony Walker from his new... That's Anthony Walker from the Real Mackenzie's and Actionauts fame with his release, Treasure Town. And we're going to hear the track, Best Thing Yet, except done in a different language. La Major Cosa Hoy. And interestingly, the English version, because there's two versions on the CD, is one second less. So here we have... Anthony Walker on CITR from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. CITR is, and Anthony Walker is too from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And in an interview with Leslie Feist.
are you? I am Feist. Feist, tell me, is it true that you are responsible for making Justine from Elastica show her underwear in public? I'm probably one of a few people that can claim that they've done that, yes. Could you please explain the situation? How did you, Feist, force Justine from Elastica to show her underwear in public, on stage? I, I, I was not there when she bought the jeans. It was not my choice that she buy jeans. It was so low slung. But uh, I was there when she was gyrating around wearing um, a WWF-style metal uh, wrestling belt that was up on her waist, and her jeans were down a little bit lower, and then all of a sudden there was thong. There was, there was thong. And this is when you were playing with peaches. Yeah, that actually, that show was a Daddy Segetti Feist duo bill. We did a cross-Canada tour where we shared a band featuring the world provider, who I, I know that you've recently done an interview with, who's playing tonight as well in Vancouver. And, um, and we were, it was our homecoming show at the Ted's Downstairs, whatever, Collision, Wrecking Yard, whatever it was. And uh, Peaches and Gonzalez were in town, too, and they crashed the party. They basically literally showed up and did some songs with us, and then it turned into a three hours after that smorgasbord. Peaches Gonzalez, Taylor Savvy, Feist, Bitch Lap Lap, and, and Elastica were in town, so they got in on it, too. So how did that feel, turning around and looking? And did you look at Justine from Elastica, like her underwear? And I think it actually fell down a bit, too, didn't it? I think there was not very much Elastica in the elastic of her elasticated thong. Leslie from the band Feist. Feist, what was your role exactly in Peaches? Like, were you the hype man? Were you the hype man? I was, if, if I had had an enormous clock I could wear around my neck, that's sort of the character I would have been playing. I was the, I was the representative of the audience on stage. I was there to sympathize with them and have them sympathize with me as if the, the kind of wide-eyed, oh my God, what's happening, and yet somehow getting with it. That's what any audience member would do if they got up on the stage with Peaches. They'd want to be game. They'd want to be in it, but they'd also be a little shocked. So I was like a sympathetic figure to draw people in, keep them more unaware, and then once they were in Peaches could do the double one-two punch. Now, Feist, I was wondering, what are the recommendations to people out there that want to be a hype man or hype woman? What do you say? Like, during Peaches, you'd be like, what's up, Peaches? What are the words you use to be a good front person, hype person? Well, I think one of the most important things is that you can't get too attached to the microphone. You have to do a lot of miming. You have to do a lot of physical hyping, but you got to leave the mic to the person with the voice box, the person who's there to deliver their message, and Peach is being that person, so a lot of the time I would purposely take the cable out of the end of my microphone and then do the hyping without any microphone, but with the prop microphone, leave the talking to the woman who's there to deliver, deliver the goods. How about words? What sort of words do you use, and what sort of words do you use on stage now, and have you taken your experience as a hype man to new heights now? Well, now I need a hype man. I, I would appreciate if someone would come and kind of be the hype man. My band are pretty good. I got some pretty good... Uh, they're, they're like the heckle-proof band, man. Anytime someone throws something from the audience and I, I pretend I'm tuning my guitar because I don't quite know where to go, I, they're one of the boys, without fail, bounces something back to the audience. Feist, did you remember doing a gig with the Bloody Gashes? No. This is a gig that Peach has played with the Bloody Gashes, a band called the Bloody Gashes. And what I wanted to ask you about was nudity and rock and roll. I understand they were opening for Peaches, they got nude, and then you guys decided, wow, do we need to get nude? When is nudity necessary in rock and roll? Ah, I see. I think I'm, it's all slowly coming back to me because there was a lot of... Uh so a lot of hijinks at those early gigs, those art gallery, underground, after-hours gigs. But 
Um, Let me just set the stage. So the buddy gashes are up there. They kind of get naked. And then you're in the audience with Peaches thinking, hmm, do we get naked for the show? Because if we get naked for this show, everybody will want us to get naked for every show we do. Well, well, that's the thing is when someone's opening who's, who's taken it to another level, you, if you try to follow them, then you're going to fall flat on your face. You've got to stick to your plan. You've got to stick to your thing. Nudity is not necessarily on, on the Peaches' uh, menu you know it's like she goes everywhere but there it's always a matter of what you don't give up that people want a little more a little more titillating peaches is intelligent that way she's not she's not uh, she's not doing it in the, the playboy simplicity styles but i understand when you got up on stage here after the bloody gashes you guys fake stripped like you wore the bloody gashes tank tops do you remember doing that like this is you're opening portals in my memory that have not been the creaky rusty hinges it's like i can barely open those portals so that kind of comes back or not really? It doesn't. It sort of does because I think then I owned that tank top for a while, but I couldn't even remember what. It was a wild night. Yeah, it was, a, it was such a wild night. Leslie Feist, here we are at the Vancouver Folk Fest. Amazing. How did this happen? Yeah, you're playing a folk fest and you just played a blues fest. How many fests have you, have you done a punk fest? What is the fest history for Feist? The fests of Feist of the 2006, it's like, they pick a genre, and apparently that's what I'm able to do. I don't know. I don't understand. I guess I'm multifaceted, or I guess everyone hears what they want to hear. Look at a man, and that's the way he appears to you. Listen to a CD, and that's the way it sounds. So are you going to offer anything different at the Folk Fest versus the Blues Fest? And how did you go over at the Blues Fest? How did the bluesers like Feist? Well, I actually had a dream last night and woke up murmuring to myself in the dark. And I had this dream that I was playing solo at a huge festival, which I've done a lot in Europe even this year. I went and played a few solo, which is a whole other thing. You're in front of that many people and you're alone and it's hard. You're like, hey, over here, there's no way to bounce. There's nothing to reverberate off of. So it just flies and dissipates in the air. So I had this dream that I got up there and it was just chatty, chat, chat. And uh, I started to play um, Hey Mr. Tambourine Man, which I actually don't know how to play and I actually couldn't sing along to even if I tried. And all of a sudden the whole audience was like weaving back and forth and singing along. And in my dream I thought to myself, this is, this is great. This is, makes it so much easier. So I guess going to happen today. Well, maybe I'm only going to do uh, Bob Dylan songs at the Folk Fest. So, Feist, you're very talented. Blues Fest, Folk Fest. If only you played drums. Wait a second, you do play drums? I try. Only with Jason Collette. He's the only one who will let me. I've seen pictures of you playing drums. Is there a drum fest in the works for Feist? How long have you played drums? I, I, I've played drums for less time than I'm going to play drums because I intend on being a drummer. Feist, is it true you really have four Junos? Have you really won four Junos? It's true. I have, my mom has a little soccer team going on her mantle at her house in Calgary. Like, that is pretty impressive. Four. How the hell did that happen? Because I'm a part of this band called Broken Social Scene, and they just keep tossing Junos at them. Oh, come on. Also, yourself. Well, okay, those two, those ones, too. And I loved it in the Juno Wars a few years ago. You were up there, and you kind of stopped playing, or there was some sort of technical difficulty, wasn't there? I love it. It was... It was I mean, sorry, I didn't mean love for you to go through with that, but I loved the emotion that was shown. Like, you just went on with it. It was... It was uh, 
it was so so extreme that it couldn't be anything but funny. I mean, I think there was 20,000 people in the arena, and then there was a bazillion, million, gazillion people watching the TV, and then all of a sudden, the PA explodes and starts to make airplane crashing noises, and everyone starts screaming because they're what's going on. And I kept playing, and everyone's running, and this is good. I can set the record straight now. Finally. Finally, it's my chance. The, the PA exploded, and apparently there's like a broadcast mix and there's a in the place where I am mix and I had no way to know that on the broadcast mix nothing had gone wrong in TV land people were sitting there eating their popcorn none the wiser to what was going on but meanwhile just under my vision there was all the techs running freaking running like yelling screaming tossing cables at each other and then all of a sudden they all stopped and it was like slow motion like in the movie when everything just slows down and I thought well they stopped so I guess we must not be live to air anymore so I stopped and sort of calmly you know Everyone's screaming. Nothing's happening musical anymore. So I leaned down to the guy down there. I said, so I, you guys stopped? And he looks up at me and goes, with the big eyes, no, we're still alive. Like that. With the most beautiful eyes. Because if he had been panicking, I would have panicked. And I just laughed and got up and tried to finish the song. But what pisses me off is that apparently, as it went further west and they had the chance for the later time zones and they cut it out so it looked like I just screwed up they didn't let the moment have its moment to show that it actually wasn't my fault you know or at least give people slight hints that it was uh, not just me messing up the song on national TV Feist you still like to draw on yourself you like to draw on yourself don't you are there any drawings on you today there are no no none it was a phase it'll come back I'm sure what is your obsession with puppets? Some artists are afraid of puppets. Why are people afraid of puppets? Who's afraid of puppets? Vanilla Ice is afraid of puppets. <laughs> well, then I won't be pulling out my sock puppet around him. I'm sensitive to people's uh, phobias, but I'm, not, I'm definitely not afraid of puppets. I'm not very good at doing puppets, but I'm a great fan of puppets. Leslie Feist, is there a Leslie Feist Feist perfume? No. Sweat. Sweat, I guess. I thought there was a feist perfume, and I was wondering what it does to the men. Well, you have a cologne, don't you? Isn't there a feist cologne? There is not a feist cologne, but I think you're mistaking a cologne that has utilized my song to sell their cologne, and you're thinking it's mine. I wish it was, because if I was making the money they're making, then I could, uh, I could make a drum album. I could buy a drum kit. Feist, are you erotic? Um, yes. What is erotic, Feist? What is erotic? That's something that does not require a microphone or a video camera. Because what I was wondering, Feist, is Jack Spicer. Who is Jack Spicer and why is he erotic? Uh, Jack Spicer is a poet and he's erotic, I guess, because he was probably a human who had the full range of human abilities. But I can't say especially why he would be erotic more than any other poet or person. I was curious about him because he did some famous Vancouver lectures and I understand he's sort of an inspiration or he's maybe going to be utilized somewhat, I know he's dead and all, on your next CD? No, in no way is that the truth. I, I have his book and I love it. But uh, introduced to me by the Apostle of Hustle, uh, Andrew Whiteman. He's a, a great Jack Spicer fan and uh, introduced me to Jack Spicer's books, not him as a man. But uh, no, that's, uh, you got, you're barking up the wrong tree. Feist, I wanted to ask you about this thing here that appeared recently in Chart Magazine. I don't know if you can hold this for a second. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this at all. It says, Who I Have the Hugest Crush On by Alex Chow of Islands. Oh, oh, 
I met this guy. Yes, and here's his little story. Feist. I have the hugest crush on Mrs. Feist, Mrs. as I like to call her. She is my true number one. Wow. She is the foxiest fox from Foxville. <laughs> she stole my heart when I met her at a broken social scene show. Uh-huh. I went up and introduced myself and then thought for a moment that she cared. <laughs> I cared. I cared. Months after, she came to a metric show and didn't even acknowledge my presence. Ah, oh, I call that true love. <laughs> well, I guess love is always uh, stirred. The fires of love are stirred through uh, someone ignoring you. So do you remember it all? Alex Chow from the band Islands, yeah. who calls you one of his favorite crushes. And he apparently says we're going to get married and live in the sub suburbs. I censored that part out from you. In Newfoundland. And I'm going to have two children with him. Is this guy psychic? Because if that's really going to happen, I better get his phone number or something. I can provide you with that, actually. Um, the thing is that... Um, Alex Chow of Islands had two things that, about him that made him very recognizable. One was a completely white suit, and one the other was a violin. And oh, I guess there's also the fact that he was backstage in the dressing room marked Islands. So in that, in that situation, I knew who he was, and I was able to compliment him on his playing. And he actually serenaded uh, us, me, I would like to think me, and everybody else in the backstage with an amazing classical piece. But take, uh, take the man away from his props, and what is a man? I, I'm sorry, Alex, that I didn't recognize you at the metric show, but my, my eyes were glued to Jimmy Shaw. So it's kind of like the Marilyn Manson thing. You don't really recognize Marilyn Manson out of costume, so he should just dress up all the time and be proud and embrace the islandisms everywhere. He should carry the violin everywhere. Well, what, I mean, do you wear your hat at all times? I do. Do you wear it all the time? I love my hat. Well, I know, but there are there moments where you don't want people to see you in your hat, therefore see you as you, and then you can just have a coffee at the corner store without getting talked to as Nardwar? I'd love to have those problems. Bring them on! <laughs> Feist, I was also wondering a bit more about Chart Magazine. One of the staffers there, Elizabeth Chorney Booth, claims that you stole her mittens. I, I'm not a thief. Okay, borrowed? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Mittens and Chart Magazine. Alex knows. I should call Alex and ask him about the mittens. I, I No, I don't know what the mittens are about. She might have lent me some mittens and then for some reason decided to call me a thief. Elizabeth. I'm not sure if it's the word thief, but are you having a lot of people come from the past, Leslie, and like approach you like, oh, Leslie took the mittens, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's this, there's, uh, I, I've, I've been hearing some interesting sanding overs of the truth. To make stories more palatable for people to be able to deliver them back at me. And then I go, wait a minute, that's not how it happened. But it's a, in fact, after the case, it's, it's more important what memory they have to carry around that makes them uh, be able to have a laugh at my expense. So they can have it however they need it. Leslie, how did you learn your French? Was it cereal box French? Definitely lait, milk, pain, bread. It, I, it was Calgary French product French. And has this come to haunt you? Like, I understand. You know French, but people in France don't like your French? They don't like you singing in French in France? Because I don't actually know French. When you know Calgary French, that's not actually French. 
They actually say to you, Feist, you speak Calgary French. Is <laughs> that worse than like Quebecois French? There was a there was a turning point for me understanding how I was going to manage to get by in France, if at all. Was one time I was having dinner with some people after a show and in, in some little town somewhere with Gonzalez when I was touring around Europe with my uh, compadre, Gonzalez. And everybody was saying, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Calgary. And and they were like, ah, they didn't understand. And then, and then jokingly and over emphasizingly I said Calgary and they all went oh Calgary and I I just thought oh that's you got to get with the guttural you got to get with the throat the the, the throat tonsil gymnastics and you got to get with the and all of a sudden uh, I was having a much easier time being understood in France, it's basically home of cheese, isn't it? I love cheese. I got a disease. I'm addicted to cheese. How is the cheese in France? Is it all it's made up to be? It's all it's made up to be. It's all there. It, there's, it's wooden platters of cheeses with flags stuck in them in every backstage. It's the most glorious thing. How about when you come to North America? Have you had any interesting cheese backstage doing gigs in North America? Because you've done many gigs in North America. How is the cheese backstage? Is there any local cheeses to check out? No, and you get you get so that you kind of like the exoticism of the old fort again, or the like mild cheddar. All of a sudden, you're like, oh yeah, grilled cheese sandwich when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I used to melt cubes of this in my craft dinner to make it extra better, you know. Uh, and then you really did learn cereal box French. You call cheese fort. I call that too. Fort. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> fort. Yeah. Yeah. E? Leslie Feist. Who is Clement Greenberg? Oh. Clement Greenberg is an art critic from New York City, or at least he was uh, residing and working in New York, who uh, I suppose in, in, a, in a strange way was my father's mentor. He's a very famous art critic, and your father is quite an artiste. Could you explain a bit about your father being an artiste, like being collected by Clement Greenberg, one of the most famous art collectors in the world? Your dad is collected. Yeah, my dad... Uh, not that you're not... Are you collected? I'm not quite the vintage to be collected yet. But, um, no, my dad... Uh, he, he was a painter, and for whatever reason, Clement Greenberg started, took a shine to him and came by his studio. And I wasn't born yet, but there's stories about my, uh, my little brother in the high chair and Clem hanging out. And yeah, it was, uh, I, I get the feeling that he was, almost, he was sort of my dad's enabler, you know, in the way that someone enables you to feel like you can, like someone who you respect understands what you're doing, therefore all full steam ahead, you know? You are collected, though, Feist, aren't you? Like, you go to YouTube, and there's tons of videos. Do you feel you're collected? Or is there any little instance where you felt you've been collected? You know, somebody has a lot of your stuff, seen a lot of video. Like, every gig you know that you do is now being taped or something? Well, now it's a little bit like when you see the cell phone being held up. In the past, I naively thought it was someone going, Jenny, check it out. It's that song you played me once. And they go like this. But now I realize it's like they're making a, a video. But uh, as long as it's not like butterfly pins in the, in the uh, cork board, I'm okay to be collected. A little while ago, winding up here with Leslie Feist, I saw a video on YouTube of you in Hollywood, and it was an amazing backdrop behind you. Were you backing up some bigger artists in Hollywood in Los Angeles, or do you travel with a backdrop? Oh, that amazing light board? Let's just say it's mine. Yeah, it's mine. It cost one million dollars. <laughs> 
No, uh, that was at the KCRW Evening Becomes Eclectic show. And it was the most stupendous light board I've ever seen in my life that since then I've gotten wool blankets and Christmas lights and poked it through and tried to create the same effect to little effect. That's amazing because that show is kind of priding itself on being independent, yet they have the biggest backboard ever. I, I, yeah, I guess it was truly just for my benefit. And then there's Jumbotrons. There was Jumbotrons next to the light board. Do you feel pressure to have a banner? Is there a feist banner that goes behind you when you play? Will you ever get a feist banner? Do you like banners? No, I had a terrible experience in By Divine Right where, where we were opening for the Tragically Hip in all these enormous, enormodomes. And uh, actually, that was the birth of DJ Cheese Tray. When you're talking, you're love, you love cheese. Well, my lactose intolerant drummer, Mark Goldstein, also a poet, he, uh, he became DJ Cheese Tray on that tour. That was one of the memorable stories among many. But the other was that we decided we needed a banner so that all the people coming, filing in with their beers and their foam hats, their like foam beer insert here, straw, let's go watch the hip, woohoo hats, that they would know who this band was playing, who they didn't care about. And uh, someone's friend of a friend of a friend made, I, I was the most heinous banner on earth, was just like bubble letters. It looked like we were like Hanson or something. And, and since then, you just, you can't, no, no banners. Have you seen any bands with banners that you do like? Just going on the banner tip, winding up here with Feist. I'm just fascinated by banners. I tap his shoulder. I'd stick with Nardwar for, for like months. I, this is like, I've been waiting years for this, but thanks, Gary. Uh, okay, winding up here, lastly. Yes, yes, yeah, all right. Banners I liked, well... Well, there's, there's, there's a, it's not a banner, but it's a prop that Jason Collette uses with his band. And he took an old dresser he found on the side of the street, and he's a carpenter. So he took all these drawers out, and he put hinges in special places. And because they play an electric piano, and they want to create the effect of an acoustic piano, they just put the electric piano behind this wood, and people hear what they see, and all of a sudden it sounds like a piano just because there's this wood in front of it. And I thought that was pretty ingenious. That's that is amazing. I saw the legendary punk band from the 60s, The Seeds, and they reunited and did the exact same thing. I'm like, how do you get those keyboard sounds? And I looked at the keyboard and it was a brand new keyboard in an old case. I love that. Yeah, you people hear what they want to hear. Feist, Leslie Feist, can you please tell me the importance, lastly, of the Bee Gees and Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> uh, there's not much importance to me personally for the Bee Gees, uh, except for Greece. I, I loved Greece when I was a kid. There was always Star Wars or Greece. You had to pick your team, and I was always a Greece kid. In fact, on a recent Air France flight, they showed Greece, and I, I was in heaven for those two hours. But um, Little House on the Prairie is a whole other story. It's like, I, I don't know if it's warped or, or positive, but my childhood was formed by the Ingalls. I mean, there I was living in Calgary with my single mom, and... All of a sudden, I was Laura Ingalls in my imagination. I don't know if it's good to, to dream so far away from your reality. Have you met any cast members from Little House on the Prairies? No, but I, I, uh, I did date a guy in France for a while who looked uncannily like Charles Ingalls, and when I realized that, it was over. It was just too close to La Maison. Well, thanks so much for your time, Feist. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? No, but uh, huge respect to Nardwar, the human serviette. Well, thank you very much, Feist. Really appreciate it. And keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do do.
Join us Friday, November 27th for our fun drive finale, celebrating our donors, volunteers, and programmers with one big party. Join us at the Wise Hall at Adenac in Victoria for Nardwar and the Evaporators, White Lun, Mount Career, Improv and Sketch Comedy by Pump Trolley Comedy, plus spoken word and CITR trivia. Bid on silent auction items and win prizes. Doors open at 8 p.m. and the show begins at 9. It's all ages with bar service for those 19 and older.
is a live presentation of CITR News.